Welcome to the ministry of Barefoot Church. I'm Clay Neesmith, the pastor here at Barefoot Church. And man, we hope what you experience here today uh, will encourage you, motivate you, and inspire you in a great, great way. I'm truly thankful that you guys are here today. Welcome, welcome. And uh, man, I'm, I'm really excited about speaking here this morning. The Neesmiths were away last week getting some much needed rest. And, uh, and so I've been asked to share with you here today, and I'm really, really fired up about it. Man, how many of you have ever been through a new season? How many of you have ever been through a new opportunity in life? Come on, we're talking about moving forward today. We're talking about crossing over today, right? These new opportunities, they come in our lives at all different times. Sometimes they're easy. Sometimes they're really, really difficult. You know, we're going through a new season, a transition even here at Barefoot Church. How many of you know that we're in a season of transition here? How many of you know that we're not meant to stay in this building here, right? Come on, somebody. How many of you know that we're moving, yeah? We're moving across the waterway. This is not our home. This is not our home. We're building a new facility, and we will be moving very, very soon. And so we're in a season of transition. You know, the Israelites experienced many seasons of transition, many seasons of struggle, many seasons where they, they had a difficult time following the Lord. They faced a lot of opposition. You know, Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt Give you a little backstory of what we're going to be talking about today. Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt, right? This is called the Exodus. And they, they wandered through the wilderness for many, many, many years. What should have been a very short period of time to get from Egypt to the promised land ended up lasting 40 years. They got loopy, right, as Pastor Clay preached on several weeks ago. And then a new leader rose up because of some lack of faith and sin in the life of Moses. Moses and his generation of people were not allowed to go into the promised land. And God said, I have a new leader that I'm appointing, and that's Joshua. And so that's what we're going to pick up today in Joshua chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and get those out. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 3 today. This is an incredible passage. Man, it's really encouraged me. The more I've kind of gone through it, the more I've read through this and studied this, it's an incredible passage about the Israelites going into the promised land. But before they could go into the promised land, they had to cross the Jordan River. So this was their first major obstacle that they had to overcome before they could actually move into Canaan. And this is significant for a lot of reasons. We're going to go over that today. But, you know, I want to encourage you here this morning. If you are going through a season of struggle, if you are going through an obstacle, if you feel like you're facing opposition, man, I feel like God is going to speak directly to you here this morning. And I'm excited about what he has to share today. So I'm going to read here out of Joshua chapter 3. We're going to get going because God has a lot to say to us here this morning. Joshua chapter 3, it says, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. Can we just agree that's a really bad name for a town? That's a really bad name for a town. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. 
When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards. Some texts say a mile. Some texts say, you know, a couple thousand cubits, but it was a distance. It was a long way. Between you and the ark, do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today... I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Wow, that's an amazing passage. I mean, I don't even need to say anything about that for that to be amazing and stand on its own. You've got Israel getting ready to cross over into the promised land. They've got to go through the Jordan River and God literally shows up and provides a miracle by stopping the flow of water so that the Israelites can pass through on dry ground. Now, I don't know about you, but if you're facing some struggles or obstacles or opposition today, I want to encourage you that there's some great insight we can gather from Joshua chapter 3 as you face your obstacle, as you face the opposition in your life, as you face whatever struggles you may be coming to today, to know that the God of the Old Testament is the same God then as he is now, and he will deliver you through. Let's study this a little bit. Come on, let's study this a little bit. And let's see, I want to give you three things, okay? Three points, three ideas, all right, that we can gather from Joshua chapter three that hopefully will encourage you in your struggle. All right, the number one thing I want to start off with is that they consecrated themselves. This is kind of a churchy, you know, word. What does consecrate mean? Many people might not know what this means. And, and, and certainly in the context of the Old Testament, you know, it might be a little bit different than, than what we might consider it to mean today. But essentially, consecration is literally just setting apart, all right? Just setting apart from the things that are unholy, dedicating that to the Lord, 
all right, so that you can be holy. It's just setting, it's just separating yourself and setting yourself apart. God asked the Israelites to do this. God asked the Israelites to consecrate themselves before they were to go up to the Jordan River. Now, the text actually says, consecrate yourselves because you will see the Lord do amazing things. I think it actually says, consecrate yourselves so that you will see the Lord do amazing things today. But think about that for a second. They had to cleanse themselves. They had to separate themselves from, you know, the things that were in their life at that time that would defile them, cleanse themselves, give themselves a a good posture of heart so that when it was time to move in the direction that the Lord had them to move, they were ready to move. They were focused and ready to be in the presence of the Lord. In our life, it's the same thing. We're sinful people, right? We have sin in our lives. We're broken people. Because of the fall, we live and exist in a sinful world, and we live with sin. But God offers us forgiveness through grace each and every day. And consecration for you and for me means that we recognize that sin, right? We recognize when we miss the mark when we fall short, when we're off target as far as who God is calling us to be, and we, we accept the forgiveness that God offers us. See, it's a choice. You've got to accept it. Yes, God has given you a free gift of forgiveness through grace, through the bloodshed on the cross by Jesus Christ, but until you accept that forgiveness, it does nothing for you. And so we recognize the sin in our lives And we separate ourselves from the things that separate us from the Lord. They consecrated themselves and they would see amazing things. That's that's incredible to me because, you know, it's not as if they, they, God wasn't going to do amazing things if they didn't consecrate themselves. But because they consecrated themselves, because they cleansed themselves, because they separated themselves from the things that would separate them from the Lord, they were able to see when God did the amazing things that he did. And it's the same thing in your life and my life today. Come on. It's the same thing. God is always doing amazing things every day all the time, all around us, but we miss those things. Sometimes it's hard for us to see God doing the amazing around us because the posture of our heart is not in the right place. We haven't consecrated ourselves. We haven't moved away from the sin in our lives, separated ourselves from the things that separate us from the Lord so that we can have our focus on what God is doing. They consecrated themselves. It's so critical that when we move into new seasons, when we come up against new opposition or obstacles or struggles, that we stop, we pause, and we consecrate ourselves in a way that puts our heart in check with the Lord. That's so critical. It's, it's literally dedicating your life to God. It's, it's, it's taking up your cross daily, right? It's offering your body as a living sacrifice to the Lord each and every day of your life. It's not easy, friends. And don't think that just because I'm standing up here with a microphone that I'm any better than you because I fall every day too. I fall a lot. 
My wife will tell you. I'm sure my kids would too. But I don't beat myself up over the things that I've done. I focus on the newness that I am in Christ. I focus on the newness that Jesus offers me, consecrating myself daily to the best of my ability and allowing the Lord to fill in the gaps where I fall short because I fall short a lot. It's so critical, guys, that we do this. We've got to recognize the sin, turn from it, and move forward in the direction that God has for us to move forward. Consecration is critical. And maybe you're stuck in a place where you're having a hard time seeing God move. Let me ask you a question. Did God move? Or did we move? And could it be that the posture of our heart is in such a place that we're having a difficult time seeing God move because we have not yet separated ourselves from that which separates us from the Lord. Whether it's the places that we choose to go to, whether it's the things that we choose to watch, whether it's the things that we choose to ingest into our body, whether it's the, 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 the conversations that we're having, the relationship that we're involved in, right? Whatever it may be that's separating you from God, must be cut off. It's hard. It's hard to come to that place where you're like, man, I know that in order to move forward, I've got to cut these things off. But I can't seem to bring myself to that place. I've been there, friends. I've been there. And the only thing that has ever gotten me through is coming to a place where I am completely empty of myself and doing it on my own, that I have no choice but to fall down on my knees in front of God and saying, God, I can't do this. I need you to do this with me. I need your grace every day. I need your forgiveness every day. God, I need you here. You're the same God you were then that you are now. It's consecration. And it's a daily activity. When was the last time you've gone through that kind of a process. Maybe today is that day for you to hit the reset button. We're going to give you a chance later on in the service, and I hope that God will speak to you through this message. But the next thing that I want to point out, the Israelites consecrated themselves, and then they got up and followed. This is a big deal, because the Ark of the Covenant, God said, would go ahead of the camp. Now, this is significant for, some, for a couple of reasons. This is significant because if you study the way that uh, the Israelites kind of traveled in that time, typically the Ark of the Covenant would, would travel within the, the camp. In other words, there would be a group of Israelites at the front of the camp, and then the Ark of the Covenant, right? And then another group of Israelites at the rear of the camp as they moved. But on this situation, on this event, on this occasion, God said, the Ark is going to go first, and you're going to follow after it. And not only are you going to follow after it, but I need you to follow a certain distance behind it. Why? Why did God do this? In studying this text, you know, one of the things that really jumps out to me is that this was a scenario where the Israelites, starting a brand new season, they needed to see God go ahead. 
They needed to see God go first. And in your new season, in your new opportunity, in whatever struggle or obstacle you may be facing today, I wanna encourage you that God will go before you. In fact, he's already gone ahead of you. Are we recognizing that we're following him? He's in front, we're behind him, and he is leading us forward. The other interesting thing about this is the distance that they had to maintain. You know, if the ark is in the middle of the camp as they're traveling, all right, stay with me here. You got people in the front, you got the ark, and then you've got more people in the back. As people kind of gather around that middle section, it becomes a little difficult for all of the camp to keep their eyes fixed on the ark. Are you with me here? It becomes challenging for everybody in the camp to stay focused on the presence of the Lord, which is what the ark represented, all right? The presence of God living among them, dwelling among them, right? So if the ark traveled in the middle, then it was really difficult for everybody in the rear to stay focused on the ark. And if the ark was in the middle, then it became really difficult for the people up front to stay focused on the ark. Why? Because it's behind them. And so God said, no, I want the ark to go first because I want you to see me and focus on my presence going before you, going through your obstacle, going through your struggle, going through your opposition. I want you to see me arrive there first so that you won't be afraid when you get to that place. Does that make sense, church? Man, God goes in front. And that distance is so critical because everybody in the camp could could keep their focus on God the whole time. It's your focus on God. When you're facing struggle, when you're facing opposition, do you keep your focus fixed on God and allow God to lead you? Or do we try to move out in front of the Lord and lead him through our agenda? It's so critical that we understand that the Lord went first. And not only did the Lord go first, he led the way. Because in the text it says, I'm going to go in front of you because you've never been this way before. They wandered a long time in the wilderness and they passed by a lot of areas that I'm sure they have passed by before, but this was new territory. This was a new season. This was a new opportunity. This was a new time for God to say, I'm with you. I'm going before you. You've never been this way before, but I'm going to lead you through it. I'm going to lead you through this struggle. I'm going to lead you through this season. I'm going to lead you through this time so that you know that I'm God and I'm with you and it's in my strength, not your strength. Man, God is so good. He's so good. Consecration, follow. And and the last thing I really want to point out here is they had to trust him in the gap. They had to trust God in the gap. As they crossed the Jordan, every Israelite passed by the ark so that the ark was the first thing in the water It stood still as they passed it, and it was the last thing out of the water. God goes before, and God's in the middle. And when you're in the middle of your struggle, when you're in the middle of your difficult season, you got to remember that God is in the middle of it with you. Just like those Israelites passed over on dry ground, they each passed by the ark. 
They each were able to see the presence of the Lord as they passed through it, to know, to believe, to recall, for future generations to say that God was with us. God was with us as we passed over those rocks. God was with us as we went through the Jordan. And God stayed there in the middle until our whole nation passed over. And then he came out. That's incredible, friends. Trusting in the gap is hard sometimes. It's hard when you're inside the gap and you can't see the other side. And you, you can't bring yourself to a place of faith to where you, you truly believe that God will see you through. And it's in that gap that we have to remember that God is with us right there. God is right beside us. And as we move through, he comes up on the rear and finishes it off. It's a picture. It's a picture for these Israelites of going through the baptism waters and coming out on the other side, a brand new people, believing and knowing that God is with them. God has always been with them, but God is truly with them now as well. And as they come out of those rocks and come onto dry ground on the other side of the Jordan, we have a nation that has been baptized through the Jordan River and come out on the other end. And man, did you know that Joshua only took about seven years to conquer the promised land? Unbelievable for a group of people that wandered around for four decades and Joshua comes along and get this. This is gonna hit some of you here today. When Joshua took over leadership of Israel, we don't know exactly, but by all accounts, he was close to 78 years old. Don't tell me that God's done with you. You think you came to the Grand Strand to retire and take it easy and coast through the rest of your life? Joshua was in his late 70s when he took over Israel. One of the greatest military minds in the Old Testament. And he conquered the promised land with the Lord in almost seven years. And you think that God can't use you in 2022? You think that God doesn't have good things planned for you? My friend, I'm here to encourage you that God has more in store for you than you can ever ask, think, or imagine. But sometimes we don't see it because we have yet to consecrate ourselves to the Lord. You say, I've been walking with God for a long time. I say, yeah, but you've been looking at that other stuff for a long time too. You said, I've been, I've been a Christian all my life. Yeah, but is it your faith or is it your parents' faith that continues to encourage you on? You say, I, I, I've been following Jesus my whole life. Then, then, then why do you act like such a devil at home to your spouse? Folks, I'm in the same boat. I say things that I shouldn't. I pop off at my kids. I lose my patience. I lose my temper. 
But consecration is a daily choice. And cleansing yourself and putting yourself in the right posture is a daily choice. My friends, have you made that choice today? We hope you were encouraged, motivated, and inspired today by the message. And again, man, we believe in you. We believe great things for you. It's because of many people's faithful giving that we're able to go out around the world. If you choose to invest in Barefoot Church, just go on over to barefootchurch.com. You can give there. But go out, live your purpose, and be inspired in a great, great way.